Shalom, Today is daf discusses what to do if the soita admits that she is tame. What's the timeline of the schus toile? Uh, we learn about this kankantum ingredient in the ink of writing sefer Torah. Whether the megillah soita needs to be written lishma, whether it's actually erased from a sefer Torah or just from its own writing. Then we try to find the Tana who holds that the Mincha, Kavim Mincha, comes first and also holds of Schoz We discuss getting the site to bring her out of the Azara as soon as she drinks and how long the Schoz is actually Tayla. We begin with a, with a new Mishnah that tells us that before we erase the Megillah, if the Saita pipes up and says, I don't want to drink it, then we take that Megillah and we archive it, we hide it away, Menchas Chareda says that we don't want her to be further embarrassed by anyone who sees that Megillah. We take her cup of Mincha, we scatter it around on the fire on the Mizbeach. We cannot use that Megillah for another Saita. However, if they already erased the Megillah Saita, and then she says, Ah, oh, I'm Tameh, she admits it. Then, she admitted it, she's guilty, we don't need her to drink the water to find out, so we pour out the water and we scatter her Carbon mincha on the fire. But if they erased the Megillah and she doesn't admit that she's tummy, she just says she doesn't want to drink, we already erased the Megillah, we force her to drink it. Before she even finishes drinking it, the Mishnah says that her face turns green, her eyes start popping out, and her veins start bulging. And they, the people in the basement, the Kahanim, say, get her out quickly before she's metame the Azaran. We'll discuss exactly why and how. If she has a schus, then the effect of the Mesoita may not happen instantly. There are some schusim that will postpone the effects for years, some for two years, and some for three years. This is where uh, Ben Ben Azai tells us that one is chayiv to teach his daughter Taira so that if she drinks the Mesoita, chas v'shalom, she'll have the schus of the Taira to delay the effects. Rabbi Ezra, however, tells us that it seems like he's arguing that anyone who teaches his daughter Tyra, it's as if he teaches her Tiflis. There's essentially two opinions in the Yishon of what this means. The Rambam says that the Tiflis means a Devrei Havai. It'll just be pointless and tasteless. She won't appreciate the, the sweetness if, if she's not following the, the methodology and the thought process. The Ovadia Mibar Tanuro tells us that Tiflis is referring to Harayas, that she'll be sitting in Dafyei and with men hanging around men too much. That can lead to Arias Tiflos. Rabbi Yeshua tells us on this subject, a woman would rather a kav of Tiflos than nine kavin of Precious. He used to say that a chassid shaita, someone who wouldn't save a drowning woman, or a Russia Arum, uh, Russia who would come into court and say his claim first before the other party uh, shows up. So the Din is automatically slanted, or a uh, an Isha Purusha, a woman who uh, casts spells on people, and then when they come to her, she's like, "Oh, I can fix your problems," and removes the kishuf. Uh, the Makois Purusha, those who cause themselves self-affliction to show how amazing they are, to show how how humble and tenua they are. These people are they're not good. They're the Mishnah calls them the Bale Mavle Oilam. 
And the Gemara of Yehuda Mashmal tells us from Remeir that when he was learning Torah by Rabbi Akiva, he would put kankantum, this ingredient, into the dioy, the ink. But, uh, and Rabbi Akiva didn't say anything, but when it came to Rabbi Yishmael, Rabbi Yishmael says, uh, tells him, you know, uh, what's, what are you doing for, uh, what's your work, what's your malacha? And he says, well, I'm a soifer. He says, you have to be very, so Rabbi Shmuel warns him, you have to be very, very careful because you're doing Malacha Shemayim and you can't leave, if you leave that out even, you know, one letter, you're, you're destroying the entire world. So, Rameir responded, I have this item, this thing that I put into my ink called Kan Kantum. He told me, Rabbi Yishmael said, you can't put dioy, uh, can kantum into your dioy because it has to be erasable. It says, by the saita umacha, and they erase it. It has to be erasable. So what was this whole back and forth? The Gemara explains. Ramir was saying, not only do I not leave out any letters, I'm so careful with my safras, I don't even want that a, a fly would land on a, ra- on, a, on a dalid and pick up the ink from the part that juts out. And if that's removed, then you pull off the top right corner of a dalit he left with a resh. So I add this kankantum to make it unerasable. The Gemara asks the question of the whole story, because in the Brisa, Rameir tells us that when he was learning Torah by Rabbi Yishmael, not Rabbi Akiva, he would put in the kankantum, and Rabbi Yishmael was fine with it. And Rabbi Ak- when he came to Rabbi Akiva to learn, that's when Rabbi Akiva gave him problems. So who was Rabbi Yishmael or Rabbi Akiva? Who answered the kankantum? So the truth is, mixing up the names is not such an issue because originally Rabbi Meir learned by Rabbi Akiva, but he realized he wasn't coming down to Halach Lamaisa. It wasn't Kom Alibe. So he went to go learn by Rabbi Yishmael. And when he finished learning by Rabbi Yishmael and he had a foundation for his learning, then he went back to, to Rabbi Akiva to learn Svara. But, but the Gemara says that Taka, the uh, issue of who answers the Kankantum and the Dioi is Akasha. The Brass of Yehuda tells us from Reb Meir that we put kankantum into all dioy ex- except for when we're writing the Mesoita because it needs to be erasable. Rabbi Yaakov tells us that same halacha in the name of Reb Meir that we don't put it into the into the parsha of the Soita in the Beisam Mikdash. What's he adding? Well, the nafkamina between these two opinions is whether Rabbi Meir, Rabbi if you hear me explains that they're arguing whether the paper of the Saita was erased from an actual Sefer Taira or it was a separate paper written for the Parsha of the Megillah Saita. It's actually Machlech Stanoim in the Brai, so we learn that we can't use the Megillah of one Saita for another Saita. Let's say she admits so we have that. You know, a, a full, unerased Megillah Saita. Rabbi Achibar Yoshia tells us that you can use it for another Saita. So it sounds like you can use it. You, you could even use a Sefer Torah. It's non-specific to any Saita. But Rabbi Papa says that it's not necessarily that Machlech is Tanoim. Maybe Tanakama was just saying over there that you can't use it for another Saita. Because since we designated this Megillah Saita, we wrote it for Rachel, you can't use it for Leia. But a Torah Stam, it's not written for anyone else, so maybe you can use it for any Saita. Because it wasn't written Dafka for Rachel. Rabbi Nachman Bar tells us 
maybe Rabbi Achabar Yosher was saying over there, but regarding a Megillah that was written for a Parsha Soita. A Torah was made to be learnt, not to be erased. So that you would not be allowed to erase. Rabbi Achabar Yosher says, that can't be, because if someone writes a get for his wife, and he decides not to divorce her, but he has this whole get written out for you know, Moshe married to Rachel. And he finds someone else named Moshe married to Rachel who, who wants to write a get. He can't use it. Because the Pasuk says, It has to be written for her. Lishma. So to it says, The Megillah has to be written for the Saita. The Gemara says, No, no, doesn't mean it has to be written for this particular Saita. It has to be erased for this particular site, but maybe you could use a stam for Torah. Now, who's the Tan of our Mishnah? Who holds both that the carbon Mincha came first and that the Zchus can be Torah? So it sounds like Rabbi Shimon because he holds that the the carbon Mincha is brought first and only afterwards, like we learned in the last Mishnah, do we give her to drink? Because if the Mincha wasn't brought, the water was, won't check her. It's not going to be a an effective bedika because the pasuk says min chazikaroin maskeres ovin. The problem is in the sefer. This same mishnah says that she has a uh, we. It holds that the schos toila and Rabbi Shimon holds the ein schos toila when it comes to the saita. So it can't be Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Chista says there's there's a third opinion Rabbi Akiva. Who holds of these two things? He brings the mincha first and then she drinks, and he also holds. Now we try, we, we rush out the Saita as soon as she starts imploding. Why? Because maybe she's going to die. The problem with that is that there's no issue, technically, of having Tomas Mace in the Machan Right? The Baisa says that a Tommy Mace is allowed to be born into the Machan Not only that, you can even have a Mace itself, Ramoshabin, who had the Atmos Yosef with him, with all the other bones of the Shvatim, in fact, in the coffin there as well. And he kept it with him. Moshe was a lady in Machana Levia. It was in his Mechitza. So that he explains that we're not worried about her dying. We're worried that maybe she's going to become a Nida. The Gemara says, why would she become a Nida? He's saying that being so scared makes her a Nida. Yeah. The Pesach says, that Esther was terrified. And Rav, Darson from there, that she became a Nida. Aye, we learn that Charada, terror, actually closes up the dam, prevents her from becoming a nida. So the Gemara says there are different types of pacha. There's a slow terror that comes on slowly that seals up the nida, but then there's a very sudden, shocking uh, terror that can make the saita into a nida. Thank you for learning with me. Have a wonderful day.